Welcome to the Pilots and Petards podcast, the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything ado with first episodes of a filmic series. I'm Mo, and joining us as always are co-hoisters Drew and Jimbo. For folks new to the show, disclaimer, petard is absolutely non-discriminatory, and it is a real word. Petards are explosive devices usually used to take out a door or wall. Thank you, Jimbo. And to be hoisted on a petard is to be hurt or destroyed by one's own plot or device intended for another. So in Eagle Point terms, to be blown up by one's own bomb. And here at Pilots and Petards Podcast, we watch television pilots or the first episode of a series, and we make critical judgments. We decide whether these pilots are awesome and deserve a watch or a rewatch of the preceding series, or we hoist these pilots on their own petards. To hoist or not to hoist Jimbo, that is the question. Join us today with clear eyes as we cast judgment with full hearts and determine if the crazy Texas football drama Friday Night Lights can't lose. Will it be hoisted or not hoisted? That is the question. Yeah, so today is the second request by the very thoughtful reviewer, Dilly Dilly. And Dilly Dilly, if you're out there and still listening, holla. And Drew's going to give us a brief background. Uh, Yep, so Jimbo, I watched the entirety of the show when we were in Mozambique, it was an awesome show to watch every morning because every episode kind of led to the next one. And Esther 14 uh, was a huge fan of this show. She pushed it. My dad tried to make me watch it and I did not believe him. But then when Esther said something, I was like, yeah, I trust Esther. So it's a good show. And the less said about season two, the better. Mo, how about you? So I also watched this entire show. I was also hesitant because I'm not I don't care about football or cheerleaders or white people in Texas, but it it roped me in. And can I just say, I was having happy hour in Venice in, in Los Angeles with a friend and the guy who plays Tim Ritter. Riggins? Riggins. Riggins. Yes. Taylor Kitsch is the actor's name. He was right next to us and me and my friend literally cried, but we didn't say hi. Goodness. Yeah. So I, I went there. Love Friday Night Lights. And I'm low-key best friends with Taylor Kitsch. Jimbo, do you have a, a background with this show? No background. I never saw the movie. I never saw the TV show. What was the movie? There was a movie before the TV series. Was it the one with Jamie Foxx? Nope. That is Any Given Sunday. Oh. Also awesome. <laughs> eh. Oh, watch it again, Jimbo. Patardar? Watch it again. It's, it's awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope I hope you're ready for this. Drew is going to give us our 60-second summary today. <laughs> uh, Dillon, Texas is abuzz with football fever because it is the fall, and you know what that means. Everyone has their eyes on those Friday night lights. This small-town drama follows the path of a group of Dillon residents who are all connected to the football team and the football players. At the show's center is Coach Eric Taylor, who's in his first year of coaching the high school powerhouse Panthers, and expectations are high because he is the number one quarterback on his team and other cocky stars on offense. All those plans go off the rails when Jason Street falls victim to a spinal cord injury and young, unheralded Matt Saracen comes in to fill some pretty big shoes. The Panthers win the game on a time-expiring Hail Mary, but what will the Panthers and first-year coach Eric Taylor do now that their star QB may never walk again? Maybe that was 60 seconds. Did I miss anything, guys? I think that was pretty clear. Uh, What's your high point, Mo? It was interesting because watching this as a standalone pilot episode versus... The way I got sucked in the first time I watched this, um, I, what I really appreciated that was clear in the very first episode was all the the family dynamics and the love that was really there in all those families. I, I guess I assumed that because everyone was so obsessed with football and that does become clear in this episode, everyone was still kind of humble and, and rooted in their families. And it didn't seem to be anybody's make or break number one priorities. Like none of these parents seemed to be helicopter parents where... It was, you know, football or nothing. Even with, with Jason Street's parents, they didn't even know how good he was. They were, like, asking the recruiter, is he that good? And they're like, he's the best we've ever seen. And he's already a, a, about to be a senior. So, I don't know, it just seemed very natural, like a, a natural part of these families' lives. So, I just liked all of them. I had, I had a different take on that. Oh. I thought I thought that one of the high point was the crazy Texas football fans. I thought they were... <laughs> very much just obsessed with football but the families the family i mean the the coach ignores his daughter 
That's true. Yeah, she even makes a she even makes an excellent Moby Dick head coach comparison, and he's just like, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, that's a good one. He's like, are you my kid? <laughs> oh, he's kind of corny. I'm uh, Coach Taylor. He's, he's dealing with a teenager, and he's like, mm, okay. Yeah, but he's completely consumed by football, as is everyone else in town. I mean, the the local news reporters and the radio stations, all they talk about is high school football. And I don't know about you guys where you're from. It's not like that in Southern Oregon. No, not where I'm from either. Uh, it's like that in places. It is like that in places. I grew up in the South, and that's a thing, and that's actually a thing in Texas. Oh, I know that's a thing in t- Texas. That's why it's my high point. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think it's two things that I want to combine, kind of like your point, Jimbo, with Moe's, is I think that it's a very positive portrayal of, like, football culture and family culture and, like, Texas culture, you know? So I think that Moe is seeing, like, these families be tight-knit and, like, be appreciative of each other and being humble. And Jimbo, you're just seeing how intense it is. And it is those two things at once, you know? I think that it's a really... We kind of have like more of a jaded view of football, especially in terms of like what we've learned in the last like five-ish years, you know, but this is a show from a decade ago, maybe 12 years ago. And like that was great time to be a football fan in America and especially to be a football fan in Texas. And just in just context, listeners, the TV series is based on the book and the book is taking place in the 1988 oh. football season in West Texas. And it's a... I think Dylan's a fictional town because the book does not. It's not based on a true story. It is. The book's based on a true story um, and it's in Permian. Yeah. Permian and Odessa. Oh. Yeah. It's Odessa. But um, the show just shares the title. But I've seen the show. It's not set in the 80s. It's set in the current day. I was under the impression that the show was following the book a little more. Um, there's some interesting things happening. Connie Britton plays the wife in both the movie and the show, and she is just awesome. So the the line between the show and the movie and the book are actually something that's going to come up in my petardar, which I am so excited to talk about because it is strange. Just heads up. All right. Well, yeah, let's let's uh, focus back on the pilot. I just wanted to, to throw that out there. I actually didn't realize that this TV series was not following the book. So excuse me, listeners, on that one. That that one listener that really got mad about us not knowing where Dawson's Creek was is going to call you out on that shit, Jimbo. The pilot episode, they did date themselves, and I can't remember. Somebody said something that... Like, like, like the, kids weren't, the kids weren't glued to their cell phones. No, but if it was 2006... Yeah, that's kind of pre-high like high schoolers having cell phones. Yeah, that's like when like phones were staying in cars, kind of. You know, it was, it was the precipice. But um, I'm ready to jump into my high point. Go. My high point is I really, really, really loved the scene where the high school football players play with the middle schoolers and the Pop Warner kids. Uh, there's not a lot of dialogue in that scene, but I, I think so much of the nonverbal acting is great. Uh, it's great how like they break down the plays and they're teaching them, they're showing them, and there's so much like physical admiration from the younger kids to like the high school players. And then one thing I really like about the dialogue that comes later, it is very corny. But what I thought was authentic was when the high school players, like when Street talked to those kids, he was that kid, you know? So it seemed very generational, you know, like all those guys who were high school varsity players now had been those kids who'd come up through the Pop Warner system in that little town. And now they're just living that dream. And I thought it was so idealized. It was, I liked it. I, it was sentimental, but I was like a football coach. So I love that stuff. It was sweet. And I think at some point they said coach Taylor, was with Jason from that time, right? I think freshman year, I think it said, right? Oh, I love that little dig because that made me feel like they were like digging on Coach Taylor being like, you're riding this kid's coattails. Like, can you do this? They did. Pa- passive aggressive. I know. Ugh. And then that old guy at the bar th- that was talking to him, he was so condescending towards him. Just like, he's like, you don't even know what to do tonight. You've never had an opening day or, or you know, you've never had a, a night before the game. And I thought that was just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> and didn't he say something like, we we want to win games. We we win football games or something stupid like that. Yeah, something stupid like that. I think. <laughs> old people say whatever the fuck they want. Uh, no one calls out old people. Like, wow. Cacao's being a dick. 
It's true. It's fucking true. I I hope you're not insinuating something towards an old person follower of ours, Drew. It kind of sounds a little passive aggressive there. All right, zero. I have always been 100% straight up, and Jimbo is only <laughs> saying that to mess with you. I joined you on the message boards previously, and I've never held back. And you know what? We disagree about Deadpool, and that's fine. You know how I feel. So, Jimbo, quit sewing that Discord on the message boards. It's already lively enough without sewing Discord. I stand behind my statements. Moving on. Mo. It's your turn. Jimbo, what's your high point? I love the scene between the coaches where you have the coach, and I don't remember his name, but he's a scout, and he went and did some scouting, and then with Coach Taylor. And they're just kind of, you know, at first he's giving him the football advice, and then they're about to leave, and it's like a joke. He says, how's the family? And they kind of laugh about it, as in, you know, like now they're going to have a little bit of small talk. When I felt like between the two of them, they both maybe knew that like it doesn't really matter how the family is. And then they laugh and they say, it's only football. And then they kind of keep laughing. And I thought that scene just really set the tone of kind of what I mentioned earlier, just crazy football culture. But it was sweet and endearing and like lighthearted. Yes. Yeah, it's a high point. He's saying it's a high point. Yeah, that's the vibes we all felt, I think, in in our high points. I like it too. There's, there's definitely. I like how Coach Taylor just n- notices the absurdity, and I think that's why he like he kind of lets his daughter like poke the bear. Like she's just like, she's making fun of his livelihood and what he's chosen to do with his life. And he's like, hey, come on, I'm watching game film here. It's funny. I like their relationship. Like, oh man, Coach Taylor just becomes the biggest teddy bear of a human being over the course of these seasons. Ah, I'm getting ahead of myself. I have not read Moby Dick. But I think that could be a very interesting literary analysis as to <laughs> comparing Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor would be Ahab because he's chasing the white whale. Saracen is Ishmael. Is it weird that Taylor's daughter said that like Queequeg is like the black running back? Is he? Like I said, I haven't actually read it. Yeah, Queequeg is black in the novel. Yeah, he's just an indigenous person. Pure and wise and Yeah, but why isn't why isn't why is it Riggins? Riggins is a mess. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, we're all over the place with these high points. <laughs> oh, we're loose tonight. <laughs> Feeling loose? We, we are real loose. I'm not the editor. Oh, shit. Listeners, we're going to move into low points. All right. All right. And I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start off the low point. First, my mini low point is it was a long ass football game scene for a 40 minute television show. What do you guys think about that? Like the last, the final game? Yeah, I mean, they broke it up a bit, but... Well, did you watch it on that scammer website? Because they kept interrupting with those stupid ads. No, I didn't have any ads on mine. Oh, okay. I know better than that. You should have used the link I sent you. Whoops. <laughs> Mo, did the scammer ads, were they for Scientology? Because that was a Daily Motion like you sent me. Oh, no, the ones for me, actually, were very local and about gentrification in brooklyn they know their audience they know their audience drew's a a likely candidate (laughs) i know drew what's your algorithm oh man we gotta get we gotta get daily motion to advertise on our podcast we will send a lot of business their way (laughs) what an interesting algorithm you must have drew on your your yes definitely okay so am i the only one that thought the football scene was long yeah it was a nail-biter. I read your comment before I watched the football scene, and so to me it seemed like it wasn't as long, but maybe that was just a reverse double jinx in my head. I thought the football scene was really well shot. It told a story. Maybe it wasn't long. It was dramatic. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. It's a big scene. It's like the defining point of the entire series. To be fair, it's also Friday night itself. Like, it's in the name of the show. Yeah. And so the Friday night lights are like the lights of the game. Come on. Right, Maybe it's fine. proportionate yeah. to the title. It's 50% of the show, but it's 100% of the title. All right, fine. I'll take that. That was my mini low point. And now I'm just going to roll into my real low point. And my my low point is the running black. Oh, my God. The running black. The running back. <laughs> The running black. That's that's my low point, dude. The running back is such a stereotype. Smash. He is such a cliche. Yep, Smash. The guy named Smash. Smash. 
That's his that that's his name in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Smash is playing your cliche arrogant black athlete that all white people hate. Like that and so I, that just really rubbed me the wrong way and I did not But he loves Jesus. Yeah, that's I think that plays into to the stereotype as well. White people love Jesus. Somewhat. <laughs> yeah, white people do love Jesus. Yeah, I mean I feel like if you're watching this in in isolation, like if the pilot is the only episode you watch, like Smash is pretty one dimensional, although everyone has a little bit of growth in the wake of Street's injury. You know, everyone changes a little bit. I don't know if Smash is that one dimensional. Like maybe that's just what he's showing to like the world. And I liked it when he kind of cut off the reporter when he asked about his dad. Like that was some depth, you know, because he's like maybe he's hiding something. I mean, not hiding something, but maybe like that has hurt him, you know. And so maybe that's why he has a facade. So I think there's a little bit more to him. But I mean, he's not my favorite character. And you know, no spoiler alert, he's a frustrating character on the show because they just don't know what to do with him really. So. Maybe that's just evident in the pilot. He comes from a, a messed up home, you know? He lost his dad. He's a teenage boy. Jimbo, what if they wrote him that way? I mean, the show's kind of smart in a lot of ways. What if they wanted to play on that stereotype or that archetype? Yeah, that's my low point. I think they I think they purposely made him... I think people from Texas watching that show are going to be like, yeah, that's another dumb black guy. That's the only thing he's good at in life is football and he's super arrogant and I, I feel like that's the black guy that white people hate well like racist white people i think the way that the character comes off is a way that racist white people that already have ideas about black people being a stereotype this just confirms what they already think then i guess my question is about intent if the creators of the show and the actor are playing on that stereotype well i guess not i mean that's still promoting a stereotype I don't know then. Um, I, I get what you're saying, Jim, but you're saying that it's it doesn't it's not helping a black identity. His only chance to develop, he says, no, no, I don't talk about that. So, I mean, like his only chance to develop as a person is cut off because he's so arrogant in his talents as a football player, which just builds right back into the to the stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Riggins Riggins gets all kinds of screen time to be all sullen and. Quasi-philosophical and douchey. Fits into an annoying stereotype, too, in the first episode. Is he the racist white kid? Yeah. He's kind of a redneck, too. Yeah, but but he's developed more. When he's talking with the quarterback and he's saying, like, you, you know, you're going to make $5 million and I'm going to run your and I'm going to run your property. It shows him as a super loyal kid. It shows him. Yeah. It also develops that that racist dynamic, too, because all the white you know, players are all sitting around drinking beer like good old boys. And so I feel like he was developed more, even though even though he's playing a stereotype as well, he was developed as a as a character yeah. and not just a stereotype. Well, I think maybe the intention then is that it is to have that divide between the races because I think even at that party it was it wasn't the whole football team together. No, I, I or even that. when they were at the the diner, it wasn't the football team eating together it was like the the white football players and the black football players and maybe that's just how that's the reality of texas but that's my point is the white football players got a scene the black football players didn't yeah also they're in texas and there appear to be like zero hispanic people yeah that's that's way off man there should have been yeah there should have been his i might be mixing up shows i think they introduce a latino player later they would have they to. They do in like season three and a half. They do, right? Like three seasons later, Mo. Yeah. And also, that guy doesn't come back for the last season, and they don't mention it. All right, we're getting off topic again. Okay. Remember, listeners and uh, co-hoisters, this is a show about pilots. Uh, we're trying, you know. I think. I'm sorry, dude. This nostalgia boner is is knocking us off our base. Mine is really yeah, hard. Oh man, mine this is hard. Show Jimbo the feelings. I haven't even talked about them. Wow. This well, show that, well, is like I don't want to spoil hard. things. Well, that was my low point. Okay. Mo, you want to hit us with your low point? Sure. Um you going to make one up? Do you, do you even have a low point, Mo? Oh, Mo. <laughs> Throughout this entire series, so it's hard for me to disassociate that from just this pilot. But Lila Garrity can suck my balls. I hate her. She sucks. 
She's annoying, even in the pilot. Is she the? Is she the, like the trashy, hot, blind, blonde nope. chick? Nope, head cheerleader. Oh, the girlfriend. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Did she, her yeah. voice is annoying. Her butt chin is annoying. Oh. Everything about her. She's actually very beautiful, but she annoys me. She's. I think uh, that was intentional. Her annoying face. <laughs> yeah, not not so much her face, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's having a freak out when he's getting like carted off. And it's just like silence and she's having a freak out and you're like, oh, that's the way you felt, Drew? I was really <laughs> uncomfortable. I just want to spoil things. Let's say before that scene. Did you like her before the last scene of the show, Drew, when she broke your heart? Oh, I don't know if I liked her. Yeah, I didn't like her at all. Yeah. She's obviously a good girl compared to the the hot trashy girl. Tara. Tara. But you like, as a viewer, you like Tara way better. She's real. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Yeah. With her Britney Spears jeans on. Those low-rise jeans. Yeah, and granted, I I could have been objectifying her like of her, but, but, but... Uh-huh. Hey, hey, you just, you just have, you have leftover feelings from when she was on Supernatural, dude. Is that really her? She's the, she's the fridge, she's the fridge girlfriend, dude. She's the fridge girlfriend? No way. Yeah. Oh, I did not know, I didn't even know that. I didn't think... She was all that great. And this is years later, I feel like. Which one's on Supernatural? One show believed in her and one show did not. Again. Are we? Yeah. Supernatural. Again, Supernatural. Just another little tick in my Supernatural complaint book. Let me take out. A, let me turn a fresh page in that journal. She had she had a lot of free time after Su- Supernatural. To yeah, start they did show. not call her back. All right, listeners. Apparently, something's going on here with Friday Night Lights and we just can't stay on topic. You're right. It's the nostalgia between Drew and I, and we want to keep talking about other things. (laughs) Drew, do you have a comment, a final word about butt chin before we move into... (laughs) Yes, yes, Mona, I have a cleft chin as well. Do you have something to say about it? Because I keep my keys in here, I can put a dime in here, and Tom Brady is one of my brethren. He's a champion, you know, so we will not Tom Brady is a fuckboy. Oh, why he's not did they win last weekend drew no what no they did not ew watching him lose the super bowl was the best moment of 2018 so far no look at the hangout make sure i'm the biggest picture look look (laughs) you cover yours with a beard for a reason drew because i'm a lazy lazy (laughs) man i wasn't hating on butt chimps overall but if you were gonna pull to your side a butt chin brethren i would not pick tom brady there are not that many of us. The next biggest butt chin is the evil wife on Scandal. What? John Travolta. Uh, not that much better. Oh, troublesome. Drew, don't forget the kid from One Punch Man. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, he's the, he's our king. Okay. Right. Well, so very, here- very, very quickly, listeners, excuse yeah. me. Now, now I'm joining in on the fun. We get a very <laughs> brief introduction to the to the big chin kid's dad in One Punch Man volume like two or three. It was it was excellent. Oh, this is that episode where we did not talk about the show a lot. Okay, yeah, we <laughs> listeners, we are a bit unprepared tonight, as you can see. We're not we're not sticking to the script. But Drew, it's okay. your low point. My low point was kind of a reaction to your uh, discussions of low points and whatnot, including physical appearances, because. This show strives for authenticity, like it's really, really going for it. But in terms of its casting, sometimes they're very much like, yes, this is a West Texas person or this is a teenager in school. And sometimes they're like, well, it's okay that Tim Riggins looks like he's 26 and hungover. Like, I'm fine with that in his adult body. And then other people look their age. So casting thoughts. I disagree with Riggins. That's that's the uh, good old boy, right? The redneck. Yeah, Riggins does not look like he's seventeen. Dude, some football players look like old men. It's oh. okay for one or two guys on a football team to look like a thirty-year-old man. None of them do. Go back and look, dude. Young people look young now. Seriously, you used to think that. No, when I no, I disagree, dude. There's, I I can think of two people in my high school that could easily buy a beer. And never get carded when they were in high school. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I agree, like dude. I can a couple of football a... players were pretty tall and grown looking. I can think of a bunch of skinny ass. Well, yes, of course. So can I. That is normal, dude. This is West Texas, dude. You know those guys are all steroid up. They're all corn fed. Yeah, dude. 
No, it is it is perfectly fine. No, they're all wiry like tumble. <laughs> In the book, they were they they did kind of allude to them not being that big, but nah, man. If this is the mid two thousands, you know what? Go go what, watch. What they're taking steroids like Sammy Sosa? Is that yes. What you're saying? Yeah, they, they certainly are. are. And if you want to verify this, feet. Drew, go watch a high school football game in in a Denver, and I guarantee you're going to see some dudes that are like, okay, that guy must have graduated high school ten years ago. Okay, I'll, there's I'll no maybe about one. it, man. I dude, Riggins looks like he's 25. That's I know. There's going to be a couple guys on the football team that are going to look 25. Not with that complexion. Uh, Mo, get in here. Come on. Solve this one, Mo. Shut his ass down, Mo. No, yeah, I think Tim Riggins looks like he could be in high school. Oh, Mo, that's your nostalgia boater talking. You want that. <laughs> you want that to be possible. No, a he has like high school kids, He has a baby man, face. Always. Not everyone gets pimples in high school. Too. Not everyone gets acne in high school. He's a babe. And people drink in high school. They're idiots. I'm not saying. I have no people drink in high school. No one's, no one's disputing that. Yeah, I'm I'm siding with Jimbo on this one, Drew. Sorry. All right. No. Seventeen year olds looking like Tara, huh? Yeah. Yes, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, dude. You've been in a middle school too long, dude. I think you think middle school. Your middle schoolers look like high schoolers, and I. Yeah. A lot happens between middle school and, and junior senior year of high school for some people. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Tara, there was definitely some Tara's in my high school. And some, and maybe a couple Tim Riggins. We are going to move into our Crabman Award. So, Drew, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Well, well, I'm going to have to to table my participation because, as I stated before the podcast began, um, I didn't really have a Crabman. I was leaning towards one of your picks, but I want to I want to wait until the end and side with one of you. <laughs> go for it, Jimbo. My Crabman Award is going to go to Pete. The old white guy that I kind of referenced a little bit that's just drilling the coach at that banquet with all those like stupid comments and you're just sitting there listening to him grill the coach and if you're not the coach, I don't even know if that guy was a coach, but this is like your your stereotypical backseat driver. Pete comes in, dude, backseat coach, man. It's like, yo, shut up, Pete. He did suck. Pete did his job, dude. That dude, Pete. Like he's out there, man, and you know if you—that's the last guy you want to go and order a drink at the bar at the banquet from, and then he's right next to you, and you're like, God damn it, dude! Pete just rolled up, and now he's just gonna drill me with stupid ass shit for an hour. He probably paid for all their jock straps too. Oh yeah, dude. Pete is a clinger. He is a—he's <laughs> a clinger. Okay, that's your crab man. That's my crab man. Okay. Okay. And he took a bit, but but he he I, I think he gave a lot to like sell that that dynamic. There was some nice nonverbal acting from Coach Eric Taylor. Yeah, you were right there with him. He he does a lot with a little. I oh maybe I need to change my MVP. It's his dreamy eyes. Mo, what's your crab man? My crab man is Matt Grandma. I don't know her name other than Grandma. Grandma is toe tapping with. With her excited about her tuna sandwich, and when she is overhearing Matt and his uh, meth Damon Landry. By the way, Landry was well cast because he looked like a not famous Texas person. He did look like a nerd. <laughs> he was just going off on some really like negative rant about being in Texas. I don't really remember, and she he just hollers from her little <laughs> her little like porch rocking chair. Matt, you need to get new friends. And he just and just totally scares Landry away. Landry just like walks up and leaves. And Matt's trying to like, you know, up his game. He's throwing his ball around. And Landry's just being a negative weirdo. Which I mean I would be too if I looked like that in a town like that. <laughs> Grandma knew better, even though she's probably halfway losing her mind. She still knew enough to know what was going on and oh, yes. and to encourage Matt. And I just loved her. And her robe. She's the best. Go, Grandma. She's a sweet old lady. Now, now, Mo, let me ask you an honest question, Mo. How much of this Crabman Award is based on what you saw in the pilot? And how much is based on how awesomely amazing the Grandma is throughout the season? I mean, it's I can't sift those two things. I can't, I can't sift that out. But 
right off the bat, it's so sweet how Matt is his his whole relationship with his grandma from the first episode. It's consistent throughout the whole series, so I don't think I'm that biased. All right, Drew. I'm gonna say that the grandma didn't stand out to me. She wasn't. She <laughs> she did some giving. She didn't take anything. She took her tuna sandwich. She did. I think Pete's our our uh, crab man for the. And she dragged her rickety ass to that football game and was clapping and got to see Matt throw that. B- Hold on, Mo. No, 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 Mo. She didn't. Nobody in that town drags their ass to a football game, dude. Come on. The uh, the reason that I feel my undeniable love for Grandma is because we know what's going to happen, and so I feel like the nostalgia boners here got to be pushed to the side, hidden behind a book in a classroom. And uh, yeah, Jimbo, I'm going with Pete, the old white guy, because he... he's meant to be an asshole, and he is an asshole. And and also, Coach Eric Taylor's acting off of him was really yeah, he, crazy. He does it fine. Oh, that wasn't as bitter as I expected. <laughs> okay, yeah, all things considered. Moving quickly on. So, Crab Man, split decision, going to the Jockstrap Purchaser. Jockstrap Purchasing Pete. We'll find you on IMDb. And now, a word from our sponsor. All right, listeners, especially our, our Southern Oregon listeners, if you are in Jackson or Josephine County and you are in need of an engineer, wait no longer. Fitzgerald Engineering Services, President William Fitzgerald, professional licensed engineer he is ready to do your geotechnic engineering he he looks at the soil and, and shit to include such such tasks as subgrade investigation real estate inspections or foundation certification and if you're one of those super rich people in southern oregon and you need some traffic engineering at your home he is an expert in sign signal and temporary traffic control design, you can leave a comment on our website and Mr. Fitzgerald will find it and contact you. (laughs) If you're tired of hearing Fitzgerald Engineering Services, then contact us and you can buy out his advertisement slot. We are for sale. (laughs) We are. We are for sale for modest financial compensation. All right, so now we're going to roll into our MVPs. And we're going to, as we promised, we're going to let Mo announce her MVP first, which we all kind of expected. Mo did not watch the show in time to be the first one to watch the show. <laughs> I can pick one. But she can pick one. I can go. No, but last week you, you were upset because we already started talking about the show before you watched it, which happened two weeks ago, two weeks right. ago which happened again. I know. I'm sorry. Yep. It'll happen. Yep. But you go first, yeah, Matt. What's your let you go first. Do not let our pre-written, already prepared... I didn't even look at the document, so I am nice. unbiased. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so my MVP goes out to Matt Saracen. Saracen? Is that what it is? Uh, Backup quarterback? Yeah. Backup quarterback, Matt Saracen. Proportional human being and looking like his age, <laughs> Matt Saracen. Loves his grandma. Practices even though he's a bench warmer. And then yep. his preparation met his opportunity and now he's a fucking all-star and i love i just love matt again my nostalgia boner i can't sift it out i think yeah i think nostalgia boner chose this one no but he he was a solid pilot character yeah he is a solid pilot watch watch it there jimbo we're attacking you simultaneously <laughs> i got your back here mo because matt saracen has a strong pilot it's not even like you see him making acting choices. His awkwardness, his timidity, like, you know, it's he seem, he's a young actor, but he's also playing like this young person really well. He's playing shy really well. It's hard to project shy, you know, because you can just seem small, but he's doing a really good job of it. And then Mo's right. When the time comes, you've seen that he's always paying attention, you know, like, it's not like he's a dick, you know, like messing around. Like, Saracen is there and he comes through. It's awesome. Mo, I get your MVP. It's not my MVP. Ultimate underdog. Ultimate underdog. Drew, what is your MVP? For me, was when Coach Taylor arrives at the hospital. Again, there's a lot of nonverbal acting. Um, I think that maybe my MVP or one of my high points should have been whoever the musical director is, because I think the the score really moved some of the scenes along. But Coach Taylor, like walking through and seeing the players and then his individual interactions with each of the parents and street, you know, like, again, it's a really super optimistic view of football and the relationship that 
you know, the, that relationship is real. Like the relationship between coaches and players can be real. But it, again, it's just a super idealized vision of football. And it's like a meaningful relationship. It's not just win or lose. It's 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 more rooted and grounded. I'm going to push back a little bit. I thought that scene was just so cliche. Him getting injured like that. It's just, I mean, varsity blues. I mean, it's, it's just how how many times has this scenario played out? I've never seen varsity blues. It's pretty much the first episode with And he breaks his neck? No. Um Dawson is in varsity blues. Is Dawson the backup quarterback in varsity blues? Yeah, he he's the backup quarterback. He's the star quarterback, oh. and he's he's freaking dude. He's backing up Paul Walker. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Paul Walker was yeah. Lance oh, Harbor, right. great quarterback name. So when when I saw that scene, I was just like Varsity Blues. Like this is Varsity Blues. Wait, who breaks their neck in Varsity Blues? He doesn't break no his neck. neck in Varsity Blues. He tears his ACL, which is closer to the book Varsity Blues than Varsity Blues the movie then Friday Night Lights the movie. Then Friday Night Lights, the TV show. So I guess Varsity Blues ripped off that from the book. But, I mean, it, it happens. Like, an athlete getting hurt is not trademarked. I guess. But to me, the way the way it happens, you know, it happens at the end of the game. And then the, the underdog, the young kid has to step in. Like, that's a cliche it's good TV plot point. I guess. I didn't like it. I thought, I, I thought it's a cliche... Cliches are cliches because I thought were. the ending was weak. That's how I felt. It was a nail biter. I wasn't biting my nails. I'm gonna refine my MVP. I don't want to include the scene on the field. No, I know, I know. I thought the the continuation of that when they're cutting his helmet off, it's intense. And then when Coach Taylor gets there, Mo, I thought your MVP was gonna be Coach Taylor, and I thought our MVPs were gonna go really well together. But it's okay. I do love Coach Taylor. It's just Coach Taylor is such a treasure. Like that's the nostalgia boner is pushing us all over the place this episode. (laughs) And it's because coach Taylor and Friday night lights and coach Taylor and Tammy Taylor are. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're wonderful. Watch this show. If you haven't watched it, who's your MVP Uh, Jimbo, you know what? Listeners, co-hoisters will shit. You guys I accidentally read off my MVP in the high points. Pete, (laughs) pizza crab, man. Come on, Mo. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, Crabman MVP is MVP. Double header. Whoa, 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 you're breaking the podcast. You're breaking the format. I'm, fr- it's I'm the freaking week to out. Do it. It's... <laughs> this episode's a mess. It's that episode. Bear with us. I promise next week will be significantly better. Sorry, dilly dilly. Dilly dilly is like a term that the kids are saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's. It's it's also how this person yeah. signed off. <laughs> what does it mean? It's like it's like a respect. It's like respect, you know. Dilly dilly. Oh, okay, respect. Okay. <laughs> so my MVP was know. was the talk between Coach Taylor and the scouting coach. And because we already talked about that, we don't need to talk about it again. That's my official MVP. And now we are gonna get into something serious here. Go ahead, Drew. I th- I think mine will play off of yours. So my my dangling thread is something I alluded to earlier in the show about how this show I think was made in a much more pro football time, not pro football as an NFL, but pros and we love the we love football at all ages. And now I was watching the kids, and in my head I'm just thinking about like my sister is not gonna let her son play football, and I was a football coach, you know, and uh, I'm fine with that. And it is weird to watch little kids play football now. So I I don't know, man. People, I kind of think that football could go the way of boxing. Because if you ask someone in like 1980, you know, do you think boxing is going to stay the top sport? They would say like, yes. And now boxing is kind of a niche sport. Football could still be popular, but it could get like way less popular. And that might just happen. What do you guys think? Do you even think about that when you watch that scene? Yes. No, I actually that that jogged my memory. That's that was gonna be when I was watching that scene with the the little peewees, and they're all like idolizing football. I got that feeling, but again, it was it, it was a it's a very current idea about football, but about how I would not be letting my kid play that sport because of all of the the research that's coming out finally about how fucked up all these players' brains are. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think I think Drew's comparison with boxing, if you look at boxing today, there are not a lot of educated people that have their kids in boxing. You know, it's 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 definitely like low socioeconomic. It's just not good. Get, getting hit in the head a lot is not good. And most educated people today are not going to let their kids play football. Um, you have to be from those crazy places in the south or just really brainwashed families that just are so in love with football that they're not ready to give it up but uh america is gonna start pushing more and more towards soccer and and you can already see it there's a lot more kids playing soccer really yes oh there's a lot Hmm. more kids playing soccer now wow all the kids and the money's in soccer wow the highest i don't know about that not in america in europe yeah Football players in Europe make way more money than NFL players. It's not even close. But I'm telling Mo, it's bigger than when we were kids in America. Yeah, way bigger. No, what what I'm saying is yeah. wow. when America catches up with the rest of the world and notices how much money there is to be made in, in soccer, that's when it's going to really start talking. Okay, so I'm, I think the, the culture dying is going to move into my scene because I think the scene that represents – one of the main reasons why this culture should die, what's his, when Riggins is drunk at practice and his coach oh, yeah. and everyone is circled around him and they're just hitting his ass over oh, yeah. and <laughs> over and over again. Right. And even though that kid is a racist little redneck prick, dude, nobody deserves that. That's just straight fucked up. And that's, and that's what I guarantee that happens in Texas. I guarantee that happens with old school football yeah, coaches. Real. You should not be hitting each other in the helmet during practice, especially that drill is a stupid drill. That is a worthless, stupid drill. All you're going to do is mess people's brains up with that drill. Yeah. That's real. The coach I worked with in North Carolina, like he was coming up when people were still doing that. And so he was telling me like things that we could and couldn't do. And like he had a very negative thought of like that particular drill. And there's another one called the Oklahoma where basically kids are just on their back and then you blow a whistle and they get up off their back and run straight into each other yeah, and hit each other. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Two feet away. Like they, we still did that, but they were like, you can't do bull in a ring and bull in a ring is like all the kids circling this one guy and calling out numbers, but he'd seen it. That was in like 2006, but, which is when this is filmed. And that is just such stupid training that does not help you play football at all. It doesn't make you read the defense. The only that that's just straight up hazing. That's like boot camp crap, and that's really messed up. I mean, dude, if the kids out there drunk at practice, there's a lot of better ways to deal with that than to let every single player just take cheap shots at them over and over again. Yeah, I agree. Hitting your head too much makes you a murderer, a psychopath. It does. Maybe it doesn't. It doesn't help you. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen. The moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Watch or rewatch. Drew. I would say if this were more widely available, definite rewatch. This was kind of hard to get to, but the third and fourth season have Michael B. Jordan, soon to be yeah. in the upcoming Black Panthers, Eric Killmonger. So, wow. so I might seek out those two DVD sets at my local library and rewatch them because if you love Matt Saracen, Michael B. Jordan. And Matt Saracen are the best QB buddy dude combo, and they they have like two episodes together because they they don't quite crisscross, but they're always in Coach Eric Taylor's orbit. Oh, Coach Eric Taylor, Mo, meaningful icon. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look at Drew. Listeners, I am not going to watch this show. I'm not interested. Fair. It's too good for you. I am reading the book. Right now, I'm halfway through. Oh, wow. We are going to get to that. So now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, to hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. And I'll go ahead and start off. I'm not hoisting the pilot episode. I, I didn't love it. It's definitely entertaining. And it's, it's a, I, I wouldn't say a, a, very, a real strong, but it's strong enough. I'm not going to hoist it. Drew. I'm not hoisting. I think I have a higher opinion of this pilot than you do, Jimbo. That's fine. Okay. Well, thanks for the validation right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our taste in pilots differs a little bit. I think this is one of those fun standalone pilots. Like, this could be, like, a small movie that just tells, like, one story. 
And so I enjoy that aspect of it. And then like Mo, I'm getting those real strong nostalgia feelings. And so I am sure that is affecting my my desire to not hoist it. So yeah, not hoist. Mo, where are you at? Same as you, Drew. Not hoisting. I, I loved this show. And I, I don't think I watched the pilot without starting the second episode immediately. I probably watched like five episodes in a row when I first sat down to watch this. So Friday Night Lights by unanimous decision, not hoisted. Woo! Listeners, we have a new section to the show. Oh. And it is our quest for the best. So right now, we are going to insert Friday Night Lights into our current list of the quest for the best pilot and the worst pilot ever. I will go ahead and lead this one off as well. I think we should place Friday Night Lights in between Dawson's Creek and Wonder Years. It's better than Dawson's Creek. It's better than Dawson's Creek, not as good as Wonder Years. I, I could I could get behind that. I was, the only comment I was honestly going to make was, as long as it's better than Dawson's Creek. Oh, it's better than Dawson's Creek. I think it's significantly better than Dawson's Creek in my eyes. Jimbo, sell me on Wonder Years being better. Because I do really enjoy this Friday Night Lights episode. And I think the ending of Friday Night Lights is... If you're corny and if you're down with some cliches because some of them are fun and they make you feel good, Friday Night Lights is strong. So sell me on Wonder Years over Friday Night Lights. I'm open to it, but just sell me. I will say we didn't really talk about it a whole lot and it didn't quite make my low points. The characters in... Friday Night Lights are not that well developed. And I think it hits all the stereotypical cliche sports points or plot points. I don't see it being up there in that category of like our top five that are just really solid pilots that are doing a lot of things that make you want to come back. To be honest, I didn't really like any of the characters enough for that. Like not really developing one character that I really liked. Coach Taylor, I get... I'll, I'll say I like Coach Taylor, you know, the most. And I think he's the most compelling character. But besides him, I don't think there's really a character I care to come back and see next week. Whereas in Wonder Years, I think Kevin is a fairly likable character. The dynamics between his family are stronger than I think the dynamics between the sports team as well. Uh, agreed. I can see that now. And I was thinking about it when you were talking about it. But yeah, you're right there. Uh, our nostalgia it's hard but it's not as good as wonder years this nostalgia hey has probably made me like characters more than i would have jimbo i think you're like right it's a it's a large cast of characters aside from coach taylor no one is really cast in that sympathetic of a light and mo if you'll remember there's this cool storyline where like saracen and the coach there's this really cool conversation they have i i thought it was part of the pilot and then when it wasn't i was like oh it must be the next episode so maybe i'll have to run that one down but yeah, I'm down for the new number six, Friday Night Lights. Better than Dawson's Creek, not quite Wonder Years. I agree. All right, then. And so that so that went well. I think we can add in the episodes each each week. Cool. cool. And so now we are going to hit our petardar. Drew, what's on what's on your, your petardar? Yep. I read the book Friday Night Lights uh, before Moe's. I think I read it in college. It's a really great book, mostly because the author, Buzz Bissinger, does this thing I like in sociology books, like books about a topic where one chapter is a sports thing and then the next chapter is like something related to it. Like Moneyball is a good example because half of it's about the Oakland A's and the other half is about like sports analytics and prediction. Um, Friday Night Lights is a really good example of that because it's just half about this football obsessed town and these charismatic players and coaches. And the other half is about the Texas oil boom and how there's this bubble that burst and how it still affects small and big towns like Odessa. Oh, and then also Buzz Bissinger, the guy who wrote it has this insane rant about blogs from like 2007. If you, if you YouTube Buzz Bissinger, Deadspin HBO rant, he's on like a panel discussion with Bryant Gumbel. And there's this dude who's a Deadspin editor and Buzz Bissinger just like kind of screams at him. And it's very old school. I'm a print journalist and I hate the internet. And it was kind of when people didn't get what blogs were. And Buzz Bissinger like reads comments on the blogs and he holds the guy accountable for it. He's like, you, this guy called asshead. 
I have lots of these. And the Deadspin editor is like, those are commenters and you cannot hold me accountable for what someone comments in the article. And Buzz Bissinger sounds like a really crazy old man. Watch the clip. It's grumpy. Yeah, he's super grumpy. He hates millennials. Is the clip part of your petardar? Yeah, you should watch it. It's like seven minutes long and it's really uncomfortable. Okay. I'm... It's like Jason Street getting hauled off the field uncomfortable. I have to second Drew's petardar. I am, I'm halfway through the book and it is excellent. I think the, the social and cultural context is captured brilliantly. They do spend about a chapter or so kind of introducing you to different players. They are talking about two separate high schools and the dynamics. And it's, it is great. And the, and just the history of the town, you had this like dirt ball town that just happened to be parked right on top of huge oil field. And now they're this really rich, crazy town. I mean, the pilot doesn't uh, touch that at all. And now I'm doing what Drew's doing while I'm going on a buzz, uh, a Bizinger um, rant as well. But the book is interesting. <laughs> Check it out. Jimbo hates millennials. Pass it on. Mo, you got uh, you got anything on your tardar? Uh, now that I had a minute to simmer on it, I want to say Remember the Titans. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one, actually, yes. Um, I feel like I already mentioned a Denzel movie before, but I mean, keep I can't help it. Keep he makes good up. movies, and he makes all kinds of movies. It's a good-ass movie. It's a Disney movie, so it's like... It's a, it's a solid high school football movie, yes. And then what's the other movie, too, that's uh, a good football movie is... Help me. They don't necessarily have to be football movies, either. Hopefully not Longest Yard. <laughs> what's... Oh, wait. No, no. that That's a good one. Is that when the prison That movie is absolutely terrible, dude. Michael <laughs> no. Irvin's in it. That's, like, the best part. What's the Nelly one? is in it, and Nelly's great. Nelly is not great. Oh, hater. That was like the start of Adam it's Sandler's. It's funny, though. It's supposed like, to be silly. Downfall. It is. Oh, that was long into Adam Sandler's. Yeah, Waterboy. Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, Water... Big Daddy's not hold on. Waterboy. Big Daddy's awesome. I love Big Daddy. Oh, Big Daddy's a good movie. Again. I've I've it's watched funny. it over and over again most of my Dude, I, of my I life. saw it falling apart. I saw it falling apart. I was like watching Big Daddy and then Mr. Deeds came along. I love Mr. I Deeds. Like, Mr. Deeds is one of my favorite movies of all time. I bet you fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch Mr. Deeds. Back today. to my Petardar boys. What's the movie with Sandra Bullock where she like takes in that that kid? The Blind Side. Blind Side. That's that's a good football movie. And that's movie. also uh, a book by that woman, right? Uh, no, by the Moneyball guy, Michael Lewis. Oh, same guy. Oh, Michael Lewis wrote that? He did. It's good. And the and the football player, I remember seeing an interview with him. He was pissed off at that movie because it... He does not like the way it portrayed him. Yeah. He said he was always good at sports. That was bullshit. The movie made it seem like he wasn't good at sports. Or that he didn't understand football. Yeah, he does not like that movie. He said that, that he was awesome at basketball and, th- and that whole scene was bullshit. Wait, that's fucked up. That makes me no. Then take that off my pedardar. Okay, fine. It's that's off. disrespectful for them to make a movie about someone and not ask them. So remember, the Titans is definitely on there. Okay, guys. So next week uh, we're gonna watch Firefly, the short-lived sci-fi western from Buffy the Vampire Slayer creator and Avengers director Joss Whedon. And this one was suggested by my buddy Dylan. And I'm, I'm gonna have a lot to say about Firefly, but I'm gonna save that for next week. Cool. I never seen it. So yeah, anybody got some plugs? Yeah, so as always, our official closing music is an instrumental track by Entheos titled Alive. And our ad music was mixed by Jake Drew. Now, there there are some 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 shop talk things that, that I think we should bring up. Waka waka waka. Listeners, if you can't tell by the music, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a few more minutes. And by popular demand, there's a lot of action on the website, as we alluded to earlier. Get on there if you would like some very cheap entertainment. It is a free website. So, Mo, everyone is asking, man. They all want to know, what color are you, Mo? What color? Yes. What do you mean, what color am I? Zero wants to know. He He's very fond of you, Mo, but he's, he's just curious. <laughs> Is this? Did I miss the, the screenshots? I didn't really read them. Yeah, you was missed, it in the screenshots? <laughs> it was in. It was in. Mo, I feel like you didn't yeah, listen to she, the shop she talk. Skipped, the she skipped the, the shop talk. Yep. Yeah, Mo, that's where the treasure is. Can't skip the shop talk. I I am 
a caramel color. Nice. Cool. That's a fine answer. There, you, there go. you go, zero. There you go, zero. And that's probably the only question we're going to address from Zero this week. Well, uh, <laughs> Zero's been very active, and he's he's a very bored old man. <laughs> very secretive, too. He's he's very much afraid of his identity <laughs> being, being given up to everybody on the internet. <laughs> I want to go back and see these screenshots now. Just go to the website, bro. It'll it's, take it's you a while. There's like Mo, probably 40 common. comments within the last week. <laughs> yup, yup. I was just reading through it and I was like tossing <laughs> comments. <laughs> I was like, yes, please. Open the phone. Listeners, I have another announcement. This is a, um, a very huge announcement. Miss Nomalous is five months pregnant. What? Whoa. Oh yes. my god. No way. Oh shit. You're telling me over a podcast. I'm wow. serious. Tori is gonna Jimbo, congrats. Yeah. Wow. Wow, congratulations. What? Were you wow. was this on purpose? Congratulations. No, this this was not planned. This is an unexpected fifty one percent of all pregnancies in the United States are unintended. So the kiddos is a girl. I will be joining you, Drew. Oh yay, Jimbo. Yeah. How long have you known? I found out yesterday. Yeah. What? Whoa. She has an IUD wow. behind her head, dude. It's, you know. Anomalous has an IUD? Yep. And and that is fucking rare. She is one of the thousand people that gets pregnant while using the birth control method of an IUD. That is like 99.9% yep, effective. Yep, thousand. Wow. This is, this is, is this the first recorded Fafoka sure video is. podcast? I, we gotta use, wow. we gotta leverage this to get, get our ratings up. I just told my parents, I just told my I parents, know. that's one of the reasons why um, I was a little late tonight. And why I was so unorganized. Okay. Jimbo. Okay. Well, maybe that's, there's a yeah. lot going on, Jimbo. Oh my gosh. Are you oh, ready man, for this? Hugs. I love you Are you guys. ready, Jimbo? Tell me everything. You know, I got, I got four and a half months to get ready, you know? How did she keep this a secret for so long? Jokes on everybody, dude. Nobody knew about this. She wasn't sh- she wasn't gaining weight. Not that much. Damn. Wait, so she just went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Hey, <laughs> did you know about this thing?" But Wednesday night, Wednesday night, she calls me and she said she just took a pregnancy test and it's positive. And I was like, "Nah, that's bullshit, dude. It's probably a, you know like a false test, you know like it's false positive or something." Right. Right. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, and then the next day she didn't have to work. She had, she had an exam today. So she had Thursday off, which is standard. They usually have the day before so they can study. Just go and see someone tomorrow. And so she's like, okay. So she scheduled a appointment for Thursday. She goes in to see the person brings in one of those little tiny ass ultrasounds. Five months. And the person's like, um, you're probably like, 14 or 15 weeks pregnant because <laughs> because this device Whoa. is not big enough to know what's going on. The lady that, that was seeing her scheduled her in for an appointment the next day. This is the, the medical school that Miss Nomalous goes to. So, you know, she's already like kind of a little weird about that as well. So she goes in today that, that you know, they get the heavy duty, the real deal ultrasound. So she's expecting 14 to 15 weeks. The person's scanning her up and they're like, we estimate 18 weeks and six days. What the fuck, <laughs> yeah. dude? Dude, she's she's about to give birth. Like, babies are born at this age. DJ Jul- July 7th. <laughs> she's been pregnant since September Whoa. 30th. Whoa. Just completely oblivious to everything going on in her body. Well, IUDs sometimes make you... You don't get your period, so... Yeah, so it's... You know? Yeah, I, it's... I, mess, I, and also, it's 99.9% yes. effective. And she's 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 fairly stressed out and busy enough to, like, not really keep track of things. Nomalous, you got this. You're going to be a great mom. And Jimbo's wow. going to be a great dad. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Your baby's going to be so cute. It's so divine. And it's so appropriate for somebody like you... Jimbo, who's just like is so a spiritual, and I just love that this is happening to you. I love it. Thanks, Mel. <laughs> I just love it. You can cut this. 
<laughs> Jimbo, I'm just glad that, that your life is completely over for the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> this is... It's going to be... I think Jimbo, being a dad fatherhood's is so gonna look. It's going to be a good look yeah. for you, I think. But I just love that it's happening under these conditions. Because it's the only way you would have ever... <laughs> Jimbo, I feel like you're going to have such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A philosophical child rearing Oh, yeah, man. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, man. I'm down. I'm down to be part of that experience. This is really exciting. Most of our faithful listeners had a daughter as their first child. I can... Yeah, my dad. Shrek Breath. Fitz, Shrek Breath, Fitz right. is in there. Oh, coming coming out of EP. Um, Ass Slapper is in there as well. Had a daughter. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. I'm sorry. I'm I'm in shock. <laughs> it hasn't hit me yet, actually. Jimbo, like you're very calm. Yeah, I, so it hasn't hit. You me better yet. start getting that budget right and tight. Two thousand plus miles away. So you know. It's... But you can. That's that's like, that's not a big deal. No, I get that. Yeah. And I I just I just accepted a job in Massachusetts. All right, let's let's uh let's let's wrap up the show. Great. Um. So we have a review. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should have told us that at the end, because then you're gonna have to cut out a big chunk in the middle. But I guess you're a pro now. Oh my god. I got a I got a six hour flight. I'll, I'll have a lot of time to. All right. Amazing. Yeah, well, wow. congrats. Oh, That's okay. so. Ex- I can't believe it. Congrats. Yeah. Are, so you're coming to Jersey. Are you, oh my god. are you supposed to congratulate people on unexpected on unexpected pregnancies? I'm not yeah. Rules on that. Okay. Yes. yes. Yes, because fucking having a kid is really awesome. That's amazing. This is cr- this is insane. You were you were the chosen one. Your baby's the sure chosen am. one. <laughs> yeah, Jimbo's sperm is strong. <laughs> Just pushes aside an IUD like it's nothing. <laughs> and chemicals, all the chemicals. <laughs> Just like fuck that. Elbows out. Oh Get yeah. Through. Okay. So here, here is a review. <laughs> so here's a review. It's from Thursday, and it's titled, Wasn't Sure, But She Won Me Over. And this is a five-star review from someone called Launchpad1412. And Launchpad, I hope you're a fan of Darkwing Duck, because I assume that's where that reference is from. And I'm, I'm a big Darkwing Duck fan, too. So Launchpad says, Just watched the Dawson's Creek episode, and I like the podcast. Can't wait to watch other episodes. You think you guys can do the pilot of One Tree Hill? Keep up the good work. One Tree Hill it is. Cool. All right. Yeah. Mo, Mo, you watched One Tree Hill? I started in high school. Chad Michael Murray was a babe. All right. So we got some more. Just let zero the number know. We got more young, attractive white people shows coming up. I'm so over it, though. Can we? So I, I. This is my fault because we're relying on your fan base, James and Drew. Well, get us some get us some other fans in. Firefly's coming up. I think we got some. Yeah, no, I'm excited for Firefly. Breaking Bad, yeah, Breaking Firefly. Bad's coming up too. We we have we have some okay. solid shows in there. Freaks and Geeks. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Rick and Morty's. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry, I'm being a hater. If you want to become a sponsor, we will give you a show request, a pilot, a pilot request. Yeah, and we have another special event. On Wednesday, March 28th, there's going to be a premiere pilot episode, Alex Inc. It is about a guy who quits his job to become a podcaster. (laughs) What better time to review a pilot than on the premiere of a pilot about podcasting? Yup. The night of said premiere's pilot about podcasting, we'll have a podcast about said pilot, which will premiere the next day. Mo, Drew, and Jimbo will watch that together probably probably chatting on the google hangout and then we will record and post that night so everyone can watch it with us and then listen and be part of the alex inc and we and we are drew's expecting a bomb i'm expecting a eh, probably split decision mo do you have do you have a prediction is this your friend's show no, this is a television show with Zach Braff yeah. oh. from Scrubs, and he is quitting his job to live the dream of starting a podcast and making money. Oh, Mo's <laughs> already laughing. Yeah, so we're gonna watch it that night, Mo, and we want to find a high point. If there's a high point, I, I don't have live TV. Mo, I am sensing some white person fool. Okay. Like some Zach Braff. People thought Garden State was deep. It wasn't deep. 
um, watch it again. Uh, but some foolishness there. So I'm a little bit down. I think I think Jimbo assumes some scrubs. I highly doubt oh, this would be a yeah, scrubs. That's why I'm saying I'm I'm thinking it's probably hoisted by splits. I'm expecting it to be better than Wonderfalls. Maybe. Wonderfalls I know, I know. That's I'm saying better. I guess we'll see. There's only one way to find out, listeners, and that's to be there, there and experience it out. firsthand. And watch it too. You guys watch it too, so you'll understand our reference. Cool. But Mo. Every day we hoistling, Jimbo out. And I'm going to let you guys close the show out. Every day I'm hoistling, Mo out. Every day I'm hoistling, Drew out. Ha <laughs> ha!